Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. This is the Falcoholic Podcast, the official podcast of the Atlanta Falcons on the SB Nation Podcast Network. I'm David Walker, and I'm joined by my partner in crime, Evan Birchfield. Evan, how you doing? I'm doing great, DW. Um, how, how was the bye week? It was nice. Uh, obviously, we were a little bit light on podcast content. Uh, we are uh, fixing that starting today, getting back into our normal cycle. Uh, I'm ready to talk about this upcoming Dolphins game. I don't know about you. Yeah, um, personally, I, I'm familiar with the Dolphins. I live in Florida, but also a large portion of my uh, family is Dolphins fans, the ones that live in Ooh. Florida. So, yeah, I've been familiar with them for quite some time. <laughs> yeah, excellent. And as part of that, we are going to preview this Dolphins game, uh, the Falcons' Week 7 opponent, as they travel to Miami uh, to take on a team that has just returned from London you and I were talking about this last night on Falcoholic mm-hmm. Live. This is one of the first times I can remember in a long time. I'm sorry, uh, myself and Adnan and the other guys, you didn't. Yeah, you I'm used to it. So I'm like, yeah, I was there. Wait, no, I was not. <laughs> no, you but, weren't there. Yeah, um, yeah the, the, we were talking about the fact that this is one of the first times we can remember where a team that played in London did not have a subsequent bye week mm-hmm. after that game. So, Well, because you'll notice the Jaguars are on a bye week and then the Falcons had a bye week. And I I think the Jets also had a bye week. week. So So Miami is Miami's making that um, eight, nine, 10 hour flight um, back from London early this week. And, you know, that's that's pretty rough. I got to say, from a scheduling standpoint, I was complaining a little bit at the beginning of the season, you know, some of the scheduling snafus that the Falcons got caught up in. But I think Dolphins fans have a lot they can complain about here being one of the only teams without a buy coming out of that London game. So they're going to be mm-hmm. pretty tired, uh, wore out. Well, I mean, you can see it already on Wednesday. They didn't have a actual practice. They had a walkthrough uh, practice. Yeah. So their injury report was just a estimation. It just came out a little bit ago and it's literally the same exact thing. So I guess their estimate uh, estimation was correct, but yeah, they didn't even really practice on Wednesday. So you know, I guess Falcons have a slight competitive advantage from that standpoint. Yeah, um, and that is, and obviously coming off of uh, their bye week, the Falcons are uh, mm-hmm. relatively healthy. But let's let's start there. Let's start with the injury situation for both teams. So, where do we stand with the Falcons, Evan, as far as guys who uh, coming out of this bye aren't fully healthy, or maybe they're just returning at this point? Right. So you think like going into a bye week, you know, it gives people plenty of time to rest. Um, uh, Calvin Ridley, you know, he wasn't injury related, but he had a personal matter and he is back practicing with the team. So nothing to worry about there. Russell Gage, another guy who missed some games, um, I believe with an ankle injury, he's back to, you know, practicing, uh, fully. Um, but on the Falcons end this week, Jalen Hawkins, he was limited with a non COVID related illness. Um, on Wednesday, he is a full participant on Thursday. So, I mean, he should be fine. Uh, since it's not COVID related, there shouldn't be any setbacks with him. Um, corner Avery Williams, who's, you know, served as a team's primary punt returner. Um, he's still battling a hamstring injury, but he's been limited. So the fact that he hasn't been downgraded is a good sign. The one injury to monitor for the Falcons is obviously Dante Fowler jr. Who's dealing with a knee injury. Um, and he was a non-participant for the second straight day. Friday is their final practice um, of the week, so that'll give us kind of the best insight. If he's still a non-participant, just based on my history of doing these injury reports, that probably means he's not going to play on Sunday. Um, But if he's limited, which, you know, hopefully that's what it'll be, because I don't think – you don't see it jump to just full participation. So if he's limited, that's a good sign that he's headed in the right direction. But yeah, if you, if you go to foulcall.com tomorrow afternoon and you see Dante Fowler Jr. has been a non-participant again, 
Um, that's no, no practices this week off of a bye week So chances are he won't play on Sunday. So yeah. we'll keep monitoring that. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's a little concerning. You know, the Falcons don't have much of a pass rush and what little they do have comes from two guys, primarily Grady Jarrett and Dante Fowler. So uh, this is a game where they could have used him uh, and hopefully, like you said, he can get back to limited, but mm-hmm. uh, maybe not a great sign that we've got two in a row. So we'll definitely monitor that. Also, we did get Marlon Davidson back um, as yep. he's no longer on the injury report. So it looks like he will be back in the rotation uh, this Sunday as well. So hopefully he can offer something if, uh, as an interior pass rusher, if, if Fowler is not able to be in there. Um, all right. How about the Dolphins? Like, I feel like half of their team is on the injury report. Thir- at this point. 13 players listed. Woo. How about some of the most notable names that are listed right now? Yeah. So as I said, they had an estimation um, because there wasn't an actual practice on Wednesday, but on Thursday's practice report, which came out just a little bit ago, um, everything's the same. Xavier Howard, um, that's a big name. Byron Jones, two of their big corners uh, are limited still. Byron Jones dealing with Achilles and groin injury, while Xavier Howard is also dealing with a groin injury, but also and they both shoulder. missed the game in London, to be clear. Right, right. Uh, Tua is dealing with ribs. He's limited Jalen Phillips ankle. Um, but yeah. And then, uh, Devondre Cam, uh, Devondre Campbell, Devontae <laughs> Parker. Um, he was also, um, I believe limited. Uh, so that's something to monitor, but they still have tomorrow's practice, which usually, you know, that's going to give us better insight in injury designations headed into the weekend. So, yeah, this, <laughs> This list, when I saw it, I just thought, oh, my God. Now, it's more than likely that most of these guys will play. But as you mentioned, Xavier Howard, Byron Jones are two top corners, two very good corners, incidentally. Um, Both missed the London game. Devontae Parker missed the London game. Um, And obviously, seeing uh, Tua back on this list is probably disconcerting for Dolphins fans. Especially since, uh, you know, I watched that game against the Jaguars. He played pretty well. I don't think he was the problem with the Dolphins uh, on Sunday. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, seeing him now with the ribs, it makes you wonder, you know, he is a little bit more of a mobile quarterback. Uh, If he goes into this game again with with the ribs continuing to be something that he has to protect, he's probably not going to be looking to scramble a lot. So he's going to try to stay in the pocket a good bit more. That may give the Falcons more opportunities if they can take advantage of this offensive line. Um, All right. So I want to talk about where the Dolphins rank statistically. And we're going to look at this through a couple different angles. I want to talk first about sort of traditional statistics. um, And we're also going to look at some of the PFF stats. So the Dolphins offense right now, there's two things you need to know. They're, 28th in passing yards per game. So uh, one of the five worst teams in the league in passing the ball, and they are dead last. They're 32nd in rushing yards per game. Um, This is an offense that has struggled this entire year. Now they just got to a back. um, I think he played the first game and then he was out for several. Uh, They just got him back. So that could certainly help them. Um, but these are their point totals over the first six games that they've played. Uh, week one, 17 points. Week two, zero points. Week three, 28 points. That was their highest point total, incidentally. Um, week four, 17 points. Week five, 17 points. Week six, 20 points. This is an offense that has yet to find its identity. Um, it has yet to really um, establish itself either on the ground or through the air. And, you know, some of that has to do with injuries for certain uh, in their offensive line. They've, they've, you know, they've got some issues there, um, but this is not a good offense. They're probably one of the worst in the league. And I don't think it's a talent issue. I think there's other things at play here, um, but that is where their offense stands. Now, as for their defense, uh, they have 11 sacks on the year. So they're in the bottom third of the league in sacks. They're 29th in passing yards per game allowed. They're giving up just under 293 yards per game in passing. They're 28th in sack percentage. They're 26th in passing touchdowns allowed. They've given up 13 on the year. They're 27th in passer rating allowed. And they're 22nd in rushing yards per game allowed. They're allowing 125.3 yards per game, 4.4 yards per carry, uh, which is 21st in the league. So as you can see as well, their defense... Uh, is in the bottom three, bottom five, in several major categories. 
so if we turn the page and we look at the PFF stats, um, what are some of the things you're seeing? What does PFF tell us about this Dolphins team do you think that stands out, Evan? Um, looking at the overall PFF uh, grades, the Dolphins are ranked eighth in run defense, which was surprising to me um, with a 70.1 grade, um, considering, you know, what the stats you just said. Right. Um, also, their defense overall is ranked uh, 12th on PFF, while <clears throat> the Falcons are 24th. So definitely, you know, a noticeable difference there. Overall, PFF has the Dolphins ranked um, 26th with the Falcons ranked 25th. So, I mean, this game, according to PFF, is about as close as it gets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I do want to say that with PFF scores, this is a essentially season summary. And, mm-hmm. you know, you, you've got a Falcons team that lost in week one and they just got demolished. And, you know, they faced the Bucks and they got demolished. Incidentally, the, the Bucks demolished um, <laughs> the Dolphins as well. They beat mm-hmm. them 45 to 17. And that can skew the numbers. I think you really have to look at trends. And what we're seeing as far as trends for the, you know, for the Falcons, it's a better trend. They, they've won two of their last three. Um, honestly, they should have won three of their last three based on that Washington game. But here we are. Uh, The Dolphins have lost five straight and they've lost some key guys along the way. They lost one of their starting offensive linemen. Uh, The Falcons to this point are mostly healthy. Um, They're getting back a guy that was intended to be a starter, but I don't think he's going to be a starter at this point in Josh Andrews. So uh, as with all things, um, I think when you look at scores, you look at stats, it's also important to take a step back and say, okay, you know, are these being skewed by one particularly bad game? Um, is it a bad game at the beginning of the season? Is it a recent bad game? You know, where do these teams seem to be going directionally? And I think most people would argue right now that the Falcons are playing better than they did at the beginning of the season. And the Dolphins are arguably getting worse. Like they literally, their last game was lost to the Jaguars, who had not won in their 20, 20 previous games. <laughs> um, and who have a you know, and on top of that, like the Jaguars as a franchise right now are sort of a mess uh, with Urban Meyer as coach and everything going on with him. It feels like losing to the Jags is a bit of a statement about where your franchise yeah. is at right now. I mean, do you think that's fair, Evan? Am I am I sort of beating up on the Dolphins too much or uh, is that sort of how you're looking at it as well? Yeah, I think the weird thing with the Dolphins is how their run game has been handled. Um, going into the season, Miles Gaskin uh, was pretty well known in the fantasy community as somebody who like is a legit, you know, running back starter on your fantasy team. Mm-hmm. And this year, he's been, except for one game, he's been a disappointment. Um, just to give you an idea how little the Dolphins are like continuously running the ball. Um, Miles Gaskin has 39 uh, overall carries this season. He's only had one game of 10 plus carries. Um, So he's been their number one rusher, but only 39 carries. You look at the Falcons numbers, um, Cordero Patterson, who's second in the team in rushing has more carries than Miles Gaskin. Who's first on the dolphins and carries Um, (laughs) in, in, you know, two games ago uh, before Jacksonville, he went off. You know, and then in, against Jacksonville, he just did nothing. Um, it's kind of surprising. I don't want to say the Falcons are a get-right game, but um, if he if he was ever going to get right, it would have to be against the Falcons because that that running back room. I mean, Malcolm Brown, you kind of know what you're getting from him. Um, it's just kind of weird. Like the the two leading um, running uh, rushers, like touchdown wise, Malcolm Brown had a touchdown, but then Jacoby Brissett and Tua had the other two touchdowns. So the quarterbacks have more touchdowns than their running backs. Um, just weird. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's fair to say that, you know, this is a game that both teams are looking at the team across the field and thinking, this is an opportunity for us to get back on track and not to uh, beat up on the Falcons, but, you know, they've lost some games where uh, they, you know, the Washington game stands out. They should have won that. And they should be three and two. Um, they got embarrassed by the Eagles in week one. Uh, and I think that the taste of that is still in a lot of people's mouths. But, you know, 
on the flip side, the Falcons are looking at this team and saying, hey, you know what? They're coming off of uh, a short week, essentially, after a long trip home from uh, London. We're well rested. We're getting almost all of our guys back. We literally scored 27 points without two of our top receivers in mm-hmm. this last week. Uh, Kyle Pitts is getting going. Uh, Cordero Patterson is the biggest surprise uh, of the NFL this year from an offensive standpoint. Um, you know, Matt Ryan has had two spectacular games in a row uh, from as a passer. They're probably looking at this and saying, yeah, you know, we can take advantage of this team. And, and they're looking at it as, like you said, as this is our get right game. Um, and, and part of that concerns me because, you know, this Dolphins team, they've got some talented players. It's not that they're talent deficient. Um, they're just a team that right now is it's not working for them. It's not clicking. Mm-hmm. And um, then you add in the uh, I don't want to call it a distraction because I don't know how the players are handling. But that news, you know, the rumors about Deshaun Watson possibly right. getting traded there that can't, you know, go well with Tua, who literally just got back on the field. And, you know, who knows what his future is. Uh, I assume if there's, you know, a trade or something, he's probably involved. But who knows uh, what that kind of impacts having. Yeah. And again, that that's something that you look at um, what is happening from a team standpoint. Um, for those rumors now to start flying, and, and this is on top of, you know, just the host of guys they have banged up. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, that could be a recipe for disaster or, you know, that could be a, uh, one of those things that, you know, these guys feel like they're you know in the corner and they have to fight their way out. You know, you may get the best effort out of the Dolphins in this game. And I, I do want to say, I feel like the Dolphins are a beatable team for the Falcons. Um, but to this point, the Falcons have not played a full uh, four quarters in one game that have been all clean. They have had lapses. They have had uh, mistakes in almost every single game they've played. Uh, including against the Jets, even though they won by, you know, uh, I think seven points in that game. Um, they had, they left points on the field with the fumbles and, you know, more drops. Uh, so this is a Falcons team that has yet to play its best football. So, you know, if that Falcons team continues to show up, I, I think Miami has a chance in this game. Um, all right, let's look at the matchups uh, and let's look at what the, the Dolphins have going on offense and what our thoughts are there. I'm, Looking at this offensive line, Evan, and mm-hmm. they've got several issues. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm looking at left tackle, um, Eichenberg and Jackson at left guard. These guys are subpar pass blockers. Um, I feel like this is an opportunity, uh, for Grady Jarrett, um, possibly for you know, Ade Ogundeji, uh, to really cause some disruption. What are you seeing on the offensive line? Do you agree? Do you feel like this is a an opportunity for the Falcons pass rush to potentially get going? Uh, I definitely agree. I mean, I think that's why PFF has that pass block grade uh, for the Dolphins as literally the worst in the league. Um, You can look at Jacoby Brissett. He subbed in for Tua this season, um, started three games. He's been sacked 12 times. Like that's (laughs) good Lord. Yeah. And Tua, I mean, he, he's played three, he's been sacked four, but um, I mean, 16 sacks overall this season already. That's a bit much, um, but yeah, I mean, this offensive line, I think if the Falcons um, are going to have a lot of success on defense, it's got to be the pass rush. That's why I think not having <clears throat> Dante Fowler out there uh, would be, you know, kind of a blow, a minor blow to the Falcons. But overall, I mean, hopefully Dean Pease is just dialing up some pass rush heavy uh, schemes this weekend, uh, mm-hmm. because I mean, this is, this is the kind of team where you want to blitz. Yes, a hundred percent. And uh, their other tackle, Jesse Davis, on the right side, uh, is also struggling as a pass blocker. So th- this feels like an opportunity for the Falcons to disrupt uh, this Miami offense by continually getting to uh, to Tua. Now, as far as their receivers, um, this is where I think they actually have a good bit of talent. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you know, all eyes are on Jalen Waddle, their first round pick. They took at number six, a smaller guy, five foot ten, but just a tremendous amount of talent. Uh, and he's a guy that, you know, if the Falcons can't properly contain him, he, he has the potential to really cause them some nightmares. Likewise, um, you know, Mike Gesicki, the, the tight end, is I think an underrated um, tight end in this league. It came out in 2018. I think he had a big game last week. Uh, what do you think about this receiving core that Tua has to throw to? 
Yeah, I mean, I always thought overall Devontae Parker was super underrated, um, but right. obviously he's limited, so we don't know. You know, I'm sure he'll play, but we don't. We just don't know yet. Uh, Jalen Waddle's coming off, I think, the best game of his career: ten yep. receptions, seventy yards, and two touchdowns against the Jaguars. Um, so you you want to talk about two rookies coming off their career games and Waddle and Kyle Pitts on our side? That's something to watch. Uh, Mike Isecki, I agree with you. I think he's super underrated. He's second on their team in receptions this year. Had 115 um, yards against the Jaguars last week, in fact. Mm-hmm. Uh, Will Fuller, I, I think he's on IR for them. He was one he of is. the guys I thought would be an impact on their offense this year, but he won't be playing. Um, but, I mean, like aside from Waddle, I'm not overall terrified of Miami's <clears throat> offense, if I'm being honest. Um, I think if they unlocked Miles Gaskin, like he's third on their team in receptions this year, and he's not been having a great year because I don't think they've been using him right. But if they unlock him like they did against Tampa, um, you know, a lot of that was garbage time stats and stuff, but it showed that like he, he can make an impact on their team. Um, whether that happens against Atlanta, probably not. Um, but we'll see. I mean, I don't know if they're feeling a hot seat down there, but they do have some weapons who they haven't been utilizing aside from Waddle. And that was just last game. So, Yeah. Uh, and honestly, as you mentioned, uh, past those top two guys, Jasicki and Waddle, uh, no one is you know crying home about having to defend Mac Hollins or right. Albert Wilson at wide receiver. You know, this would be sort of the equivalent of us trotting out Alameda Zacchaeus and Tajay Sharp. Mm-hmm. Like no one is, no one's afraid of those guys. Um, Waddle, I think, could do some damage, and it'll be interesting because. You know, right now, one of our best defenders, Isaiah Oliver, is gone for the season uh, in the slot, and he probably was going to face off against Waddle a good bit. And this could be a game where, you know, a combination of rookies are going to be going up against Waddle as well with Avery Williams, as long as he can get back and get fully healthy, uh, probably being the nickel corner that looked like that was the plan uh, before he got injured coming out of the last uh, the game before the Jets game. Uh, obviously Richie Grant got a lot of snaps there last week, along with fellow rookie Darren Hall. Um, so those, that is sort of a matchup to watch. I think of this game is what we do at, at that slot corner spot, uh, to match up with Waddle. And of course with, you know, Jasicki, I think that's going to come down to our safeties and, you know, Eric Harris, um, you know, Jalen Hawkins and, uh, Deron Harmon. Harmon is right now the weakest link, I think of our defense on, at least in the, uh, the safety group. Uh, so who did they put up there against Jasicki? Is it going to be Eric Harris? That seems like the most likely uh, matchup of, you know, first glance. Uh, it could be uh, Hawkins, who's actually played fairly well in his second year. Uh, there are some very interesting matchups here. I'm not saying that the Dolphins are going to you know, torch us, but they've got some guys that could cause some problems. And that's why I think if the Falcons are going to shut down the Dolphins offense, they've got to take advantage of this offensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've got to get to Tua because if they can't, if he's if he gets the opportunities we've seen this year um, where he can sit in the pocket and he can sort of scan the field, I think it's going to be a long day for the Falcons. Yeah, but I think this is one of those instances where, like, I would much rather prefer the Falcons' backfield to um, the Dolphins. Just like it's kind of weird how um, they get down and it's like they bring in Gaskin instantly because you look at you look at the receiving uh, between the two. Miles Gaskin has 32 targets while Malcolm Brown um, has only four. So it's kind of clear cut who who's going to be used where while the Falcons, um, I mean, they're more balanced. Mike Davis has 24 targets, Cordero Patterson, 31 this year. Mm-hmm. So with the Falcons, you don't really know exactly what is coming where with the Dolphins, you can kind of get an idea. If Malcolm Brown's out there, He's either blocking or running. <laughs> He's not catching the ball. <laughs> uh, that's a great point. And, and honestly, this is what we sort of expected from Arthur Smith. And we're going to get into that. We're going to talk about the Falcons offense, um, what it may look like now that everyone is back, and how they're going to match up against this Dolphins defense. But before we do that, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is advertiser content brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys! 
It's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever prohibitive. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. This is David Walker, and we're back on the Falcoholic Podcast. I'm here with Evan Birchfield, and we're talking about this Falcons game week seven going on the road to Miami to face the struggling Miami Dolphins. They have lost five in a row. They're now one in five on the season after losing a tough game to the uh, urban mired Jacksonville Jaguars <laughs> in London. Um, we've talked about the stats. We've talked about um, the, what the Miami offense has to offer. Let's talk about what their defense uh, looks like going up against the Falcons offense. So before we get into their defense, I want to talk about where the Falcons offense is at and this to me, I think, is where there is some optimism for the season. Um, obviously, I'll be honest, going into the Jets game, I was extremely pessimistic. I felt like with Calvin Ridley out, with Russell Gage out, the the Jets who were who came into the game third in the league with 13 sacks on the year, I felt like the Jets were going to uh try to double down and, and just shut out uh you know Cordero Patterson and Kyle Pitts and basically dare the Falcons to beat them with their subpar wide receiver group. And yet we saw both Patterson and Kyle Pitts have great games. Uh, Pitts in particular having his breakout game, uh, I believe with 119 receiving yards, mm-hmm. um, nine, nine catches out of 10 targets and a touchdown catch um, big game from him. And that was what I think gave a lot of fans optimism. And, and in fact, I think really in that game, the only thing that stopped the Falcons offense was the Falcons offense Um, in, you know, I think they punted twice in the entire game and two of their drives ended on fumbles, one by Hayden Hurst, which ended uh, a drive that was going to be in the red zone and another by Mike Davis, which again was going to be in the red zone. Uh, You and I talked about that on the post game. Uh, after that game, Evan, they 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 could have easily scored 33 and probably even more than that with the way they were getting into the end zone in that game. Um, so I, I feel like there's a lot of optimism now. And of course, this comes on the heels of Calvin Ridley being back in practice, looking like he's full speed. Russell Gage not even being on the injury report now. So he is clearly uh, back and fully healthy. Um, Kyle Pitts uh, over the past several games has looked like he is getting more and more comfortable with what the Falcons want out of him. And of course, this is on top of Patterson already becoming sort of the most surprising weapon in the NFL, the second highest ranked running back in the NFL by PFF. Mm-hmm. Um, how are you feeling about this Falcons offense going into this game? I'm excited. Uh, I, I am interested to see how Pitts is involved because I would like to think you just don't go back from a game um, like he had against the Jets to having like three catches for right. 40 yards or whatever. I mean, over the last three games, obviously injuries played a big part in this, but he's gone from three targets to nine targets to 10 targets against the Jets. Um, I, I don't want to see him just kind of be shunned away. He showed what he can do. Yes, it was yes. the Jets, but they are still a professional football team and he is a rookie tight end and he still had a great day against them. Um, so I'm not going to ignore that. Um, but yeah, getting Calvin Ridley back, I think it's fair to say Ridley hasn't had a great season so far. Right. Um, and I'm kind of hoping I don't, obviously we don't know what the situation was with him missing the jets game. Just hope everything's okay. But want to see him back out there being his normal self. Um, Cause he really hasn't been this year. I mean, only one touchdown so far is kind of surprising to me. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't know. Uh, as outside of that Cordero Patterson, as you said, He's been dominant this year. Um, what if you're playing fantasy football, you love having him. He's ranked. He, you can blame at uh, wide receiver and running back, and he's been in the top five in both positions. That's just how great he's been. Uh, Mike Davis, who doesn't get a lot of love. I mean, he's he's had a 
quietly a good season yeah. um, so far, averaging 40.8 uh, yards um, per game so far. Um, a lot of his yards comes after contact, which is kind of odd. <laughs> I just thought that was weird. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, I like the Falcons offense matched up against this um, Dolphins defense. And I wanted to ask you a quick trivia question. Do you know who uh, the Dolphins' third-ranked PFF defensive player is this year? Ooh, with a seventy-five point uh, seven, which is uh, pretty good. I that is such a great question. I don't know. Why don't you tell me and our listeners who that is? Duke Riley. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you should have known it was something. Oh, um, oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah. So I wonder. I wonder if we'll see him this weekend. I did not see that coming. Oh my God, we have a Duke Riley reference. Um, Wow. Uh, (laughs) uh, Former Falcons linebackers are going elsewhere and and playing well. We see Devondre Campbell playing well in Packers. Yeah, absolutely. A fantastic (laughs) hair. Uh, able to pull trucks with his uh, with his teeth. So yeah, um, (laughs) uh, that was fantastic. Thanks for dropping that on me. Of course. Um, Now, as for the the Dolphins defense, um, I think if they're going to beat the Falcons in this game. It's they've got to get their pass rush going. And it, to me, the, the guy to pay attention to here is uh, third year defensive lineman, Christian Wilkins, uh, who they took in, you know, the first round of the 2019 draft. He came out of Clemson, uh, you know, powerful guy, pretty good pass rusher. Uh, he's a guy that I think right now, if you're looking at their defensive front, he's the guy you want to make sure that they have a plan for. He is probably my bet is he's going to line up across from Jalen Mayfield um, because right now Lindstrom is just is playing out of his mind. He's playing his best football right now. Um, but Christian Wilkins, I think, is is the guy to uh, keep an eye on because if if they're going to get to Matt Ryan, it's probably going to be from him. Um, likewise, they've got um, Zach Sealer who is. Uh, you know, defensive end, decent sized guy, um, doing okay as a pass rusher, I guess. Uh, PFF has him with a 69.3 grade. Um, and of course, uh, you've got Emmanuel Ogba, who is uh, finally, I think, emerging as a, uh, a really good defender, the, the kind of guy that they were uh, hoping he would be when he was drafted back in 2016. Uh, he's got an overall PFF grade this year of 84.1. So he is finally. Uh, sort of living up to that uh, potential that people thought they saw in him. Um, past that, though, uh, who else stands out to you in this defensive front? I feel like there's some gaps here for the Dolphins that, you know, maybe this is not uh, quite the team uh, defensively that we thought they were going to be. Definitely um, Emmanuel Ogba. He's PFF's ranked off defensive player for him. Um, run defense, he's their second ranked uh, with a 78.2. Um, I think another name to watch out for aside from Wilkins and Ogba is John Jenkins, um, a bigger defensive interior guy. Mm. Um, just kind of, you know, especially with those Mike Davis runs up the middle, that, that'll be a guy to watch out for. But aside from that, I, I'm more afraid of their secondary. I think it's underrated. Um, Xavier Howard, um, Eric Rowe, um, who, I mean, the list goes on and on. Jason McCourty. Uh, Byron Jones, like they're, they're really good secondary players. Um, I mean, there was that video of Calvin Ridley. Uh, I think it was, was it Byron Jones? He dusted, or maybe it was Howard. Uh, it was one Howard. of them. Yeah. Okay. So that'll be fun to watch that matchup again, but yeah. Yeah. What's interesting is, you know, uh, with McCourty and, and Roe, these are, you know, two veterans who've uh, been really good players, uh, you know, they barely, they didn't get a ton of snaps. Like McCordy got 14 snaps in week six. Um, Eric Rowe got 18 snaps in week mm. six, uh, which is a little bit in, in, as far as passing snaps, I think total, they got, um, you know, a little bit, a little bit more than that, but they were not playing the majority of the game. Um, and as, as we mentioned already, Byron Jones and Xavier Howard, their two top corners, uh, both missed the last game. So, uh, their injury status will definitely be worth monitoring, but uh, Xavier Howard was, you know, considered to be sort of one of the top corners coming into this season. He's taken a step back this year, but I think that's more a factor of just the fact that, um, you know, they've faced the uh, the Bills and the Bucks already, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, two of the toughest offenses to face, and you know, that can skew grades from PFF a little bit low, but Howard is definitely. 
a, a quality corner in this league. And, you know, Byron Jones has been around for several years. I think he came, I think he was, came out in 2014 or 2015 in that time frame. Um, and he has been a quality player as well. I think he spent some time in Dallas as well. Um, so, yeah, this secondary, I think, is where they can do some damage. But, you know, I'm looking at their linebackers, and this is where, again, Cordero Patterson may have some really favorable matchups <laughs> um, as far as uh, you know, matching up against the, this linebacking core. Uh, Jerome Baker uh, really not getting it done uh, in, in run defense. Uh, he's okay in coverage. Um, you look at uh, Landon Roberts next to him. Uh, the guy has been inconsistent throughout his career. Uh, again, these guys are allowing a lot of rushing yards per game. It, it's weird to see PFF say they actually have a good run defense when they're mm. statistically one of the worst. <laughs> yeah, uh, like I'm not. I don't know how we're supposed to like put those things together. It doesn't, you know, add up to me. But uh, I think if you're looking at this Dolphins defense in theory. Their secondary is where they should be winning. Um, Agba should be getting, you know, I think he's got three sacks on the year. Um, you know, he should be getting some pressure. And of course, you know, if he matches up with McGarry, that's a, that is a matchup to watch as well. Um, but this secondary should be better than they are. They've got the talent. And that's what sort of makes me nervous is, you know, if you look at just the PFF grades and be like, oh, hey, they, you know, Xavier Howard isn't playing well. And, um, you know, Byron, uh, Byron Jones isn't playing well and their safety suck. And, and you're probably going to miss the bigger picture that these are actually some pretty uh, talented players and they've faced some really difficult teams. So yeah, I'm with you. I feel like this secondary is where um, we may see some issues. And I think this is where Arthur Smith as a play caller has to get creative. He has to create those opportunities. And in some ways, I think Matt Ryan has to show a little trust in his receivers and in particular Kyle Pitts, which I think we're finally starting to see that trust grow and develop where mm-hmm. even if Pitts is quote unquote covered, you just sort of put it up there for him. The guy is six foot six has a massive wingspan and incredible athletic ability. Um, it may be that, you know, you just have to uh, put it in the air and let one of your players go get it. Um, so yeah, I'm with you. I think the secondary is where some of the issues are uh, uh, surprising for the dolphins and yet uh, they could get back on track very quickly. Um, now last thing to talk about the Falcons offensive line. Um, this has been a unit that started off the year, arguably, uh, the worst possible way you can start (laughs) off. And they faced in back-to-back weeks, the Eagles who had the number one pass rush last year. And then the bucks who had the number two pass rush last year. Um, and of course, of course, both of those units are incredible quality units. Uh, but since then, they have really settled in. And I do want to say they're not a great unit. Like I, I don't want to get things uh, out of whack here. The, the Falcons offensive line still has its struggles, um, but they have improved uh, in pass blocking. I think they were dead last in the league at the beginning of the year in pass blocking. They're 26th now. So they have, they've moved up. Uh, so they've gotten better. Uh, by contrast, the Dolphins are dead last in pass blocking. <laughs> <laughs> and likewise, I felt like their run blocking has improved as well. Um, and there, you know, the Falcons are actually 16th in the league uh, by PFF's rankings in run blocking. So um, this is the offensive line, Evan, that uh, I think Matt Ryan's making them look better than maybe what they really are. I still feel like they're not quite a good offensive line. They're probably still mediocre at best. Mm-hmm. Um but I don't see this Dolphins defense necessarily being the one to knock them on their heels again. So right. do you feel like that this is, you know, if they continue to play or continue trending the way they've been, uh, do you feel like this is a unit or a game where they can hold up pretty well against this defensive? Yeah. Line? The only thing that has me a little nervous um, is Caleb McGarry being out. Yep. Um, I mean, he's on the team's uh, reserve COVID nineteen oh, list currently. Great point. I unless like, I missed something. No, you're right. He, he was. Um, I completely missed that. But you're. I mean, you're but correct. I, from what I understand, the Falcons are told everyone is 100 percent vaccinated, so it makes it easier to come back off of yes. that list. He needs so three he, straight negative tests, and then he can right. be put back on the roster. That's and, correct. But how many days does that have to be? Because we're uh, recording this on a Thursday, and there's been no uh, update currently so like he still could play sunday correct 
Correct. Yeah. It, he, okay. could, he could have his last test, I believe, as late as Saturday. And if he tests mm-hmm. and if he has three consecutive negative tests, then he could be ready to okay. go on Sunday. Yep. Yeah. Because if not, it'll probably be uh, Jason Spriggs, who yep. um, I think he may have been in on a couple of plays, but he has not started a game this year for the Falcons. Um, also, Josh Andrews uh, finally back on the uh, depth chart coming off of uh, IR on Monday. Um, but overall, I mean, I, it's weird to say, but I'm kind of confident with the Falcons offensive line going into this game. I'm not really terrified. Like I, I was earlier in the season. I think they went through the gauntlet and this by no means is like a cakewalk, but I mean, it doesn't scare me like the bucks or Eagles defensive fronts did. Right. Uh, definitely. So, I mean, we'll see. I want to keep seeing Mayfield grow. Um, Lindstrom keep dominating. He's been, you know, one of the best thing you know stories coming out of this year is just seeing him keep getting better and better um Mm -hmm. jake matthews continues to be kind of like a stone wall on that left side um just reliable as they get um but yeah i mean we'll see what happens see hennessy grow some more um but i mean with this falcons offensive line i i think they've gotten better every game and it's kind of been obvious um which i mean like you said, after that first, uh, you know, first two games, it was kind of like, how could you not get better? Um, but they're young. They're learning. Aside from Jake Matthews, they're, everyone's pretty young. So yeah. I give them kind of like a, some leeway there. But, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see them go against Miami because I, I don't think it's a difficult task for them by any means con- considering what they've faced already. Yeah, I actually feel like the, if you're going to say which of the defensive fronts over the past several weeks would you take – um, I would take any of them over Miami right now. Um, mm-hmm. and that, that's, you know, not to, I think Christian Wilkins could turn into a, a, a really great player and Ogba is clearly turning into the kind of guy they wanted him to be. Um, but you know, you look at the jets, they actually had several good players on that defensive front and, and Williams. Yeah. And, and then, you know, Washington has underperformed, but they have a ton of talent up front, mm-hmm. uh, in the, in the trenches and, you know, the Falcons, limited the damage they did and they basically shut out the jets um which was impressive so i feel like this offensive line is doing what we wanted to see they're growing they're getting better they're not a terrible unit anymore but you know there's a lot of gradient in there like they're not the worst unit in the league i think they're good enough for matt ryan to have just enough time to operate a, a good offense and as they continue to improve i think this offense is only going to get better and the Falcons scored 30 points and 27 points in two straight games and left points on the field. Uh, it, the offense still has not hit their full potential. I feel like that is not fully understood by some people outside of Atlanta. Those of us who watch the Falcons have seen these games and be like, oh, man, they could have scored 40. They could have scored 40 on Washington. They could have scored 40 on the Jets. And mistakes uh, really on their part is what set them back. Uh, mm-hmm. not anything those defenses did. Um, so, you know, in, again, I, I feel like our punter is invisible because we haven't needed him the past couple games, <laughs> um, you know, which is fantastic. And one of the things that fans were sort of worried about at the beginning of the season has turned into a strength of this team. That was red zone scoring. Um, they were 0 for 2 in the Eagles game. Um, but in the time since then, I believe that they are currently eighth in the league in red zone percentage. And if you take away that Eagles game, I think that moves all the way up to fifth in the league in red zone percentage. Um, that's only going to get better. And I think over the past two weeks, uh, they've been at like 80% converting in the red zone. And they're one of only, I think, just a handful of teams that have scored every single time they've been in the red zone, um, which is impressive. Uh, so I, th- I think what we're seeing from Arthur Smith as a play caller, what he's building offensively is finally starting to click. It's finally starting to kick into place. And honestly, that's like, that's what we were hoping for. It didn't happen as quick as we, we all wanted it to happen in one game and it didn't. And I feel like that, you know, set a negative tone, but the past several games, this Falcons offense has been really sharp and I, I don't, I do not think the Dolphins are the defense to slow them down. One last thing I want to point out, uh, since we we just talked about the offensive line, PFF did put out a tweet yesterday 
that um, there are only five offensive tackles in the league this entire season, okay, through the first six weeks. Only five offensive tackles that have allowed single-digit pressures and zero sacks. Only five, okay? There are 32 teams, which means there's a minimum of 64 guys that could be on this list. Only five have allowed single-digit pressures and zero sacks. And, of course, one of them is Jake Matthews. Um, this guy has not missed a game since his rookie year. That's seven and a half seasons now. Um, and I feel like he doesn't get enough love. What's, what's funny, Evan, is I tweeted that out, um, basically saying, you know, I wish Falcons fans would appreciate him more. And what did uh-huh. I get? A bunch of people telling me that he sucks and that they will never huh. forgive him for the holding in the Super Bowl, uh, so on and so forth. I'm like, oh, my God, this guy is just – he is so underrated and hated by Falcons fans and I will never understand it, but I wanted to put that out there because he is uh, absolutely uh, like you said, he's just a rock. He is a rock on the left side of the line. Did you read that stat about him being the one of only five? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And just absolutely one of the best um, that you could ask for, you know, he may not be the best left tackle in the league, um, but but you don't need him to be. No, no, that's the thing. Is like you don't need these players to be literally the best at their position. You just don't need them to be, you know, the bottom five. That's right. where you run into problems, <laughs> right? And Jake has easily been a top ten tackle mm-hmm. uh, for most of his time in the league. And um, yeah, so I'm feeling more and more confident in this Falcons offense. So with all that said, we've talked about the the Dolphins, their struggles, their offense, their defense, and how it matches up with the Falcons. How do you see this one playing out, Evan? I mean, I, I, I am confident the Falcons are going to win this game, um, which is something I say very lightly because they are the Falcons, and if they come out and lose like 30 to 10, it wouldn't shock me, although it would, <laughs> it would sadden me deeply. Um, but no, I, I feel confident. Um, when you look ahead at their schedule, I mean, this is, I, I mean, this is kind of the easiest it's going to get aside from playing Jacksonville um, later in the season like this. Right. Dolphins team isn't, you know, and I don't want to sit here and insult the Dolphins as if they're like terrible or anything, but considering what we've just gone through, um, I think this is one of the easiest opponent opponents on the schedule. Um, after that, we get the Panthers who, you know, they've been very up and down, but you know, then there's the saints and Cowboys Patriots then the Jaguars. I mean, the Dolphins should be a winnable game, um, mm-hmm. which would be very interesting because it put the Falcons at 500. Um, you know, probably not the way we wanted to get there, but uh, we're there if we get to 500. Um, and they're, you know, uh, pinch me, but they are in the playoff hunt if they are at 500 at the, looking at the current state of the NFC. So, <laughs> so I think it's it's definitely an important game for them um, because if they come out of that out of that game two and four um it's a slippery slope um as i mentioned on that schedule aside yeah. from you know the lines of jaguars everyone else is going to probably be favored over the falcons so i i definitely think this is one they need to win as we mentioned at the top of the show you've got a dolphins team that's coming off a london game and a falcons team that's literally had a bye week to prepare for this Dolphins team. We lost to the, <laughs> what many would consider the worst team in the NFL. So, you know, I think they should win. I'll put it that way. But um, if we're doing like predictions, I'm going to say like, I'll say Falcons 31, Dolphins 14. Ooh. All right. I think, I think they are going to beat them handedly. Um, so we'll I see. hope so. I hope so. Um, yeah. I actually have a prediction up at the Falcoholic. Um, you can go there to read it, uh, you know, get into some of the stats. But um, I actually think that the way this one is going to play out um, is the Falcons offense is going to carry them. And I, I think the defense is going to struggle a little bit. Uh, I think that right now Gusecki's playing really well. Um, I think Waddle uh, in the slot could do some damage. Um, and if we're missing Fowler, I think Miami's offense could get going a little bit, but I still – I still think they're not just they're just not good enough to put up more than 20 or so points. I have the Falcons winning 28 to 20, um, which I think is a is a good win. Uh-huh. And my bold prediction is uh two touchdown receptions for both Kyle Pitts 
and Calvin Ridley. That is definitely bold. That is very I mean, bold. It's, it's reasonable. It's not insane, but it's bold. <laughs> I respect it. <laughs> not not insane. It's not like you're saying Lee Smith's going to catch three, but yeah, that's uh, that's a bold one. Yeah, that is uh, Lee Smith catching three actually feels more likely to be. <laughs> oh my goodness! But yes, uh, I'm I'm also going with the Falcons win twenty eight to twenty. Uh, honestly, I, I feel like you're probably on the right path. I feel like they should dominate this game. And honestly, uh, I think there's going to be a lot of fans would be disappointed if the Falcons don't win by at least a touchdown or more. So uh, definitely uh, a game that I'm feeling very optimistic about. But we want to hear from you. Uh, you can reach, us, re- reach out to us on Twitter. Uh, let us know your thoughts on this prediction. Of course, you can go to thefalcoholic.com. We've got a poll up on that same article that I put out. Mm-hmm. Uh, let us know if you think the Falcons going to win. You know, write to us in the comments at the Falcoholic. Uh, so, Evan, on that note, tell our listeners where they can find you, what you have going on. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Birchfield. All my stuff at the Falcoholic, including the um, Falcons injury report, which al- always includes the opponent. So, the Dolphins injury reports up there. If you want to look at that. Um, outside of that, I mean, just go to Falcoholic.com for everything. One thing I want to plug that I enjoy that I have nothing to do with is the uh, voicemail that uh, Gina and uh, DW do. Um, I I don't know where you can find that number. I don't know if you have that off the top of your head either, DW, but they do voicemails. It's super fun after every game. Um, call them up and give them your opinionated uh, uh, thoughts on, you know, the what, what will in the future be the past of the Falcons and Dolphins game. And, <laughs> Uh, you know, it's, it's just fun hearing everybody's thoughts and opinions on that. So definitely something to uh, call up on. Yep, it is. It's a ton of fun. And uh, of course, you and I will be back on Sunday with the postgame podcast. Yeah. Recapping what did happen uh, in that Falcons and Dolphins game. So awesome. Um, all right. As for me, guys, you can follow me on Twitter at FalcoholicDW. Updates for this podcast at FalcoholicPod. That podcast voicemail line, by the way, is 404 592 2823. <laughs> Again, that number is 404 592 2823. Yes, we chose that number on purpose. Might as well lean into it, folks. Um, <laughs> some of you absolutely hate me right now, and I don't blame you. Uh, you can join my kids on that list. All right. Um, and of course, our articles daily at thefalcoholic.com. So for Evan Birchfield, this is Dave Walker. Thank you guys for listening in. We'll talk with you next time.